Hey guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. In this episode, we're talking about Medicare. If you're one of the millions of Americans eligible for Medicare, you're likely familiar with open enrollment. That's a stretch from October 15th to December 7th every year when you're allowed to make changes to your coverage. And for most people, that's the only time you can, that October 15th to December 7th window. Of course, in order to get the ideal Medicare coverage, you need to understand what your options are. And that's exactly what we're going over in today's podcast. I'm Stacy Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Hey, this is an important one. According to Senior Living, 57% of Medicare beneficiaries don't compare their coverage. Listen to you fact dropping. Yeah. Man, isn't that impressive? <laughs> Somebody did some homework. We also have with us today a special guest, Holly Cohen. She's a licensed Medicare specialist with Preferred Health Group. Hi, Holly. Hi there, everyone. And you're here to help us navigate the ins and outs of Medicare open enrollment. And just so you know, Holly, I am very interested because I'm 68 years old. These other two people are puppies. They're not even <laughs> going to be paying attention. They're going to be playing solitaire while we're talking. That's or okay. video games. No. <laughs> or video games. Okay, so oh, before we start, though, guys, remember, we, we do not offer financial advice on this podcast. So make sure you do your own research and consult your own experts before you act on anything that you may learn on this podcast. Okay, let's dive in. Holly, let's start with how did a bright, effervescent woman like you become involved or, or admired in this horribly boring topic called Medicare? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I started doing under age 65 um, health insurance. And then in 2016, everything changed in that arena. They've cut commissions to all agents. Um, it's changed again, but I, at that point, 2016, moved over into Medicare and decided to learn about it, which, yes, it's very ridiculously confusing. And in my opinion, they make it that way on purpose. Um, but I, I actually started by um, starting off as an agent, then quickly moving into management. And I ran a, for three years, a um, Medicare supplement call center. So I trained I don't know, maybe 50 agents or so over the course of the three years and made sure everything was in compliance and tried to explain the two different ways that a person can receive their Medicare benefits. Cool. So so how long have you been at it, Medicare? Medicare itself since 2016, but health insurance in general, 2010. Okay. And and now what, what exactly is it? To, where do you work now? Do you own a business? Where, where do you work? Yeah. So my husband, Steve, and I, we own a Medicare insurance agency. We're licensed in 40 states um, across the country, and we help Medicare beneficiaries in each state. Each state is completely different for some of this, but Medicare itself is a federal program. And so that's, even though I'm based in Florida, I speak to people all day long who are first starting Medicare or need to make some sort of changes for different reasons. Um, across all 40 states. Cool. And your name of your business is? I have a, a YouTube channel called Medigap Show, where you can get a lot of information, all my videos. The business we own is Preferred Health Group. Um, also, the website is, uh, you can either go to preferredhealthgroup.org or medigapcares.org, and cool. that's where you'll find us. And there goes your shameless plug. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll remind uh, you our, our listeners. You gotta have there one. you go. Well, that's why she's here, right? So we'll, we'll, yes. give, we'll give that information out again later. And also everything, of course, is always in our show notes. But let's get started here because I, I have a lot of questions I want to ask you. But mm-hmm. let's, let's start with what is Medicare open enrollment? How is it different from other kinds of Medicare enrollment? I mean, what, what the heck, why do we care about this period of what is it? Um, September? No, it's uh, October 15th to December 7th, right? Right. Why do we care right. about this? So um, technically, they call it, the government calls it annual enrollment period. Agents refer to it as AEP. Um, It does begin October 15th, lasts through December 7th. So, you know, before we get into what is that, I just want to briefly explain Medicare. Yes, um, please. Which sounds sort of difficult, but I'm going to make it brief. So a Medicare beneficiary has two options of how they receive Medicare benefits. They can either receive their benefits, you know, Part A, which is the inpatient services, hospital, hospice, skilled nursing. Part A covers anything that involves overnight stay. And then there's the Part B is in boy of Medicare, which is the outpatient side, which would be doctor's visits, all testing, outpatient surgeries, durable medical equipment, anything where you do not have an overnight stay for medical treatment. And Part A and Part B is only through the original Medicare program, which is administered by the federal government. So original Medicare pays 80% of medical bills. So many people, they decide to either keep their original Medicare and then they enroll in a Medicare supplement plan to fill in that 20% gap. No, wait wait a minute. I have to have something here. Maybe I heard this wrong. Because doesn't Part A cover 100% of hospital stays? No, it covers eighty percent. Oh, I I blew that. I thought I thought B covered eighty percent of of doctor visits. You, you know, anything wasn't a hospital stay, but I thought A covered one hundred percent of hospital visits. No, but you're not alone in all your you're not alone in thinking what you're thinking. But Part A and Part B from our original, if you're on original Medicare, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. Again, there's two ways to be on Medicare. So if you're on original, also called traditional Medicare, you have Part A and Part B. Part A, again, is the inpatient side. Part B, like boy, is the outpatient side. And from our original Medicare fund, the money we pay into all the years we work, into our Social Security and Medicare system, that money pays, they pay 80% of our medical bills if you're on original Medicare only. Wow. So that, that's a huge number that people have to come up with themselves, especially with medical bills these days. Co- correct. And, and this is why there are other things like Medigap and Medicare Advantage, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And there are the two different ways. So a person can either keep their original Medicare and enroll in a Medigap plan. And there are some rules that go along with that, which we'll get into. Or, as you just said, we, you can go on to a Medicare Advantage plan. So when you have a Medigap plan, it does keep you on the original or federal Medicare system. And what that means is, and you have a Medigap plan, you would go to a doctor's office and your doctor would directly bill to our federal Medicare money, our our original Medicare fund. And then Medicare pays back that provider 80% of the bill. And if you have a Medigap plan, Medicare bills your Medigap insurance company for the remaining balance. And if you're on an original Medicare with a Medigap plan, there are no networks that you have to stay in. It's literally anyone that will take your red, white, and blue card will see you, no questions asked. 
And also, that's most doctors, right? I mean, not all doctors, right? But, but 90%? Across the country, it's higher than 90. It's probably somewhere like 99%. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I make a joke, pediatricians, you know, don't usually, but that's not true. So they might have to if it's someone on disability. Um, but right. So it's a direct bill system. Original Medicare is, but again, it only pays the 80%. So if 50% of our population goes the route of Medicare or Medigap, Medicare supplement. It's the same thing. A supplement or Medigap means the same. Um, and that is usually distinguished by a letter. So the most popular letter at this time is called a plan G as in George. And that plan again, works alongside your original red, white, and blue card, you would have two cards. So if, for example, you go to your doctor's office, they bill original Medicare, Medicare pays back your doctor 80%, and then Medicare bills your Plan G insurance company for the remaining 20% balance. And you're only left with the small deductible, which is inside of Medicare, original Medicare Part B like boy, which this year equals $226. And it, what's really great about original Medicare is it's the system that started in 1965. Lyndon Johnson <laughs> came, rolled it out. And any the way the federal law is, if you're on original Medicare, anything that your doctor orders for you is deemed as medically necessary. And because it's medically necessary, if you're on original Medicare, Medicare must pay it at 80%, whether it be, you know, a, a, a heart <laughs> a heart attack or a heart transplant. Medicare has to pay 80% if you're on original Medicare. And if you have a plan G like George, there's a couple other letters, but they ha they must pay the 20% after original Medicare. What so it you, is truly uh, the- Medicare costs 200, mm -hmm. what'd you say, $226? The deductible for part B like boy of Medicare, so the outpatient side of Medicare, part B, has a deductible once a year of $226. Oh, okay. But then there is also the Part B Like Boy premium, monthly premium that you pay the government, which equals most Americans pay, pay $164.90 this year. It is based on income, so higher income individuals um, would be paying more. But most Americans I speak to pay $164.90 a month, and that gives them their Part A and Part B. And then okay. the and then you pay how much extra for G? So G, roughly, it depends. You know, we're based in we live in Florida, but we're higher here in Florida for Medigap plans. But most states, it's around anywhere from one hundred and ten dollars to one hundred and forty-five dollars a month for a person turning sixty-five. And and that's fixed by the state. No, it's actually up to each individual insurance company that's putting out Plan G, the Medigap oh, okay. plans. The important part of this open enrollment is the fact that you can switch around these plans. You can, you know, get rid of this one, take this right. one in, right? So <laughs> this is where it gets tricky. So the other way to be on Medicare, and I'm going to get into that quickly, is Medicare Advantage. And that is when you have, you've given up your original Medicare and you go on to a private Medicare Advantage plan, which is an HMO or a PPO type network plan. It does take you off of the original Medicare system and you're on a privatized Medicare Advantage plan. You do still pay for Medicare, that Part B premium of $164.90 per month, um, but it 
has, you know, you're then managed by the insurance company. So during this annual enrollment period, October 15th through December 7th, you are allowed to switch from one Medicare Advantage plan to another. Or if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan and you decide you don't like it and you want to head back to original Medicare, it's also the time you can make that change. And then the other thing that you could change during this time frame, October 15th through December 7th, is if you're on original Medicare, you would have a standalone Part D, as in drug plan, that you can make a change to during the annual enrollment period of October 15th through December 7th. But the Medigap plans do not have anything to do with this annual enrollment period. A person on Medigap can change their plan any time of year. It is based on their health. So in other words, if someone chooses they're on Medicare Advantage, it's October 15th, and they want to switch back to original Medicare, which only pays 80%, and want to enroll in Medigap, they're allowed to do so in that time frame, but they would have to answer medical underwriting questions and either be approved or declined based on health. And that is if they've had Medicare Part B for more than six months in their lifetime. Okay, so now just I want to clear up one thing. I'm yes. on regular Medicare, uh-huh. okay? Um, and I want to add Medigap. Uh-huh. I can only, can I only do that during open enrollment or can Correct. I add Medigap anytime? You can only... So if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, you can not a, only- Not Advantage, regular Medicare. Original uh, Medicare, Good Yes, question. original Medicare, sorry. Okay, original Medicare Part A and B only, you can add a Medigap plan any time of year, but the rule being from these Medigap insurance companies, you have to be either be within your personal enrollment window, which is six months before and five months after taking your Part B for the first time, mm-hmm. or- you go through the medical underwriting questions if you're past that time frame in your life, that six months before, five right. months after Part B. So really then, this whole open enrollment period is just for people with Medicare, not just for, but mostly for people with Medicare Advantage plans to switch them. It is. It is. Most people have the misconception that it's also the time to change Medigap, which they definitely can. I mean, we are slammed with people at that time of year, thinking that that's the only time to make the change. But it's a misconception. You can actually change it any time of year. If you happen to get a letter from your insurance company that you have your Medigap plan with and the premium went up, you if you're a healthy person, you can switch to a different Medigap carrier. You can switch from one letter to another because they're identif- identified by letters. Um, but the other thing that you can switch during the annual enrollment period is your Part D, as in drug. So if you're on original Medicare and you have a Medigap plan, then you also would have a standalone Part D drug plan. And October 15th through December 7th is the only time that you're allowed to make a change in with that as well, Part D. Okay. This, why does it make this so complicated? Because mm-hmm. I'm sitting There's here reasons. listening and I'm, I'm I know having all trouble the focusing. <laughs> but now, okay, l- what should people, okay, during this, I'm on Medicare, I'm on Medicare Advantage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I'm thinking, actually, I'll tell you what my situation is. Um, mm-hmm. I I have cancer. I just got cancer. Okay. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's not a huge deal. I'm not dying. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. I couldn't go. I, I could switch. Medi- Wait, let me back up. I'm on a mm-hmm. Medicare Advantage HMO plan. Okay. Okay. My wife is my 
is a nurse practitioner and she's my professional who takes care of me or people in her office do. Anyway, but now I want to go to a specialist. So now I'm going to switch to a Medicare Advantage PPO plan. That makes sense, right? It does. You know, you're you're sort of in this position since and and did you start Medicare at age 65? Yes. Okay. So you've had your Medicare Part B like boy for more than six months. So it would be difficult for you during this annual enrollment period to come off of, I mean, you could definitely choose to go back to original Medicare, but remember, original Medicare only pays 80%. So then to enroll in Medigap, you would be declined, unfortunately, based on health conditions to enroll in a Medigap plan. So your other option would be to, yes, instead of being on an HMO, Medicare Advantage plan, to switch to a PPO Advantage plan. But there are still no guarantees. I mean, you're going to face prior authorizations, and the max out of pocket is higher with out of with um, out of network, you know, going out of network for a specialist rather than staying inside the network. So, but I thought PPO allowed me to go outside the network. It it does. Um, it allows you to go outside the network, but there is definitely a higher max out of pocket. It exceeds eleven thousand dollars per year. Um, the in-network on most Medicare Advantage plans, max out-of-pocket is that the government caps it at 8300 this year. Some plans are a little less, you know, 6700 But yes, it, you are allowed to go outside of a network on a PPO Medicare Advantage plan. But remember, you just, you're not on original Medicare. You're, you're under the grips of that insurance company making all decisions, which also requires many times for many medical treatments the prior authorization process on these Medicare Advantage plans, which is one of the biggest complaints. And current administration, they're trying to crack down on some of these prior authorizations because a lot of the Medicare Advantage plan insurers just created major barriers for, for care. Well, well, I trust I trust my insurance company, though. <laughs> I think they're awesome people. I oh, mean, my gosh. They take such good care of me. And let me explain why. Uh-huh. After this message, we're gonna, <laughs> we're, going to, we're, gonna, we're halfway through our show, folks. Actually, a little more than halfway. So we're get, we got to pay a few bills. When we come back, we're going to talk about why Stacy Johnson loves his insurance company and trusts them <laughs> implicitly. We'll, we'll be right back after this. Okay, we are back. Before we start, if you like what we do, folks, do something for us. Share the show with your friends and family on your favorite social media platforms, and subscribe to our podcast. It takes you two seconds. Really helps us, though. Okay, now, I may have been lying when I said I trusted my insurance company before (laughs) the break. Um, I don't trust my insurance company, but in my specific situation, I can be referred out to a specialist by someone that I know personally. Right. So so I don't have to worry about that. Right. But there's not much I can do about this now, right? I can't go back and get Medicap because it's been three years since I've been on Medicare. Right. Um, You know... Each insurance company that when I put through an uh, an application for enrollment into a Medigap, and if that person has had Medicare Part B, like boy, for more than six months, then of course they do have to go through those health underwriting questions. And for example, regarding cancer, there's a look back period of two years. So if an applicant, if, you know, somebody trying to get the Medigap plan has had has been in remission for over two years, it's a better possibility. But if Unfortunately, if a person has, is within that two-year period of, of getting cancer, then it's a decline. 
Um, there's about 26 to 30 health questions that we have to ask someone during the that time frame, where, or, you know, that time when they're trying to apply for a Medigap plan, there's 26 to 30 health questions. And then also we have to um, put down in their application all the medications that they take. And then the application is submitted to the insurance company for review. And then the insurance company, their underwriting department, makes a decision, again, whether to approve or decline that person based on and, health. And also I would assume that <laughs> based on these medical questions, it would cost differently for Medigap, right? No, actually, Medigap plans are, well, they're state by state, number one. So some states are more money than other states. Um, but also, it has nothing to do with your health condition. It has to do in most states by age and um, just, you know, age and gender in most states. See, now, now you actually, lost me again. You just said that yeah. I have to answer health questions. And you just, then you said you can, that the health, my health doesn't matter. I don't understand. No, no, your 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 health matters. Um, you have to go through the the right. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Sorry about that. So the yes, the price is not reflective of your health. You literally it got you know could, because you have cancer. Unfortunately, you would be declined. It's oh, so just I just either, won't get in at all. They're not going to raise the price. Right. It's, <laughs> it's a flat now. decline or or a hey yes thumbs up approval. That's it. Okay. Okay. And and then if you're if you're approved, it's X price, and if you're declined, obviously it's no price. Correct. Um, now let me ask you something. This is going to seem really off topic, but I really want to know this. I pay Medicare every month, even though I'm on a Medicare Advantage plan. In other words, I get a bill from the U.S. government. Is he? Uh, they take money out of my checking account. Yes. Okay. How come if if my insurance company, because that's essentially what Medicare Advantage is, the insurance company's saying mm -hmm. to the government. Well, we'll take care of them. Don't mm -hmm. worry. You know, so mm -hmm. I'm dealing with the insurance company now, not the government. Right. When I'm on advantage plan. How come the government's taking my money? Right. So the government feels and, and felt back back in the late 80s, early 90s, that they, when they brought out the Medicare Advantage program, that it, they, they, the, medi the government pays approximately $1,000 a month to the insurance company to manage the person's health care. So the federal government would rather pay $12,000 approximately per year to take that person and their medical bills and claims off of our original Medicare fund money and shift that financial burden over to a private, really publicly traded insurance carrier. And so these Big insurance companies are receiving lots of money from the federal government. So, to so take I'm them paying off. Medicare. Medicare is turning around and paying that exact amount to the insurance company that's covering my Medicare Advantage plan. Not, not the exact amount. It's approximately twelve thousand a year. Most, again, most Part B premium, you know, which is what people pay monthly for Medicare, equals one sixty four ninety. So it's actually the government pays far more than you're paying one sixty four ninety. Let's say. The government's paying $1,000 per month to take that person off of the federal money, okay. Medicare money. Now, here's my next question. I pay a lot more than $164 mm -hmm. a month based on my income because mm -hmm. I'm still working. Right. Um, so how come, how, first of all, why do I have to pay more? It, it shouldn't it's be called, based on how healthy I am? Or, or is this because Medicare is just not bringing enough money, so they're going to charge people who can afford it more? So, you know, it's the federal government and um, you make more money than, let's say, an average American, possibly. So you have what's called IRMAA, I -R -M -A -A, 
which adds a surcharge or premium onto your original Part B, like boy premium, and also your Part well, if you had a standalone prescription drug plan, it would also you'd have to pay more for that as well. It's 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 basically because you're earning more, so the government feels that you have to pay in more. But you also made that decision to not be on original Medicare. You're over on Medicare Advantage. If I was on original Medicare, I'd still be paying more. You would still be paying more, yes, because that that's for the government. Yeah, so now, so now I don't like my insurance company, and I don't like the government. You're right. I don't like anybody involved in right. this. <laughs> okay, now. Uh, All right, let's get some universal health care going, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, we tried yeah. that, didn't we? Yeah. Um, but okay, now let's let's get back to, uh, let's stop talking about me, which I really hate doing. I hate stopping talking about me. <laughs> um, and, let, and let's help some people out here who are listening. What you, you're just now getting in Medicare, or you already have Medicare, and you're coming into this this window where you can make changes. What should people do, and how, or more to the point, how do they decide what to do? Okay, how, how do you approach this? So, if they're on a Medicare Advantage plan and they're in good health, but yet they've learned this information and they've decided that they do not want to be managed by an insurance company, they would rather be on our federal Medicare Original Medicare program. Again, they can make that change during annual enrollment period, October 15th through December 7th, and enroll in a Medigap plan, but they have to go through those health questions. Or like, you know, getting back to just your own situation, you said you're on an HMO, and unfortunately, you know, you have a health condition, so you would definitely be better served on a PPO plan. Um, So that would be something that can be done. The other Thing that is very important during this time of year, if someone's on original Medicare with a Medigap plan, they also would have a standalone Part D is in drug prescription plan. The Medicare Advantage plans include those inside. The Part D is bundled inside of a Medicare Advantage plan. But when you're on original Medicare with a Medigap plan and a standalone Part D is in drug plan, it is very important to review or evaluate or change that piece of this puzzle during this time frame, October 15th through December 7th, because the insurance companies can, they, they do. Every year they change the Part D for the next year. And then there's also a lot of political things going on with our whole Part D anyway. And um, it's just very important if someone's on a standalone Part D plan being on original Medicare with Medigap to review their prescription plan for the following year during this AEP time. So you need to, you're, you're going to, because you're getting drugs paid for, you need to make sure those drugs are still going to be getting paid for at the rate that, at the best rate you can. And you might shop policies as a result. Yes, that's one reason. Exactly. Because of the co-pays when you pick up that medication at the pharmacy. Um, and also, again, there's some there's some big changes with Part D from the federal government this year and next year and the year forward. It's a whole nother topic. <laughs> um, but yes, that and then, you know, we have clients who, you know, where I just have a customer call in, maybe not my own client, but they've, let's say, been on a Part D drug plan that they started off at $11.20 and then three years down the road, they didn't make any changes because none of their medications had changed. But they started to or they received a letter from their Part D insurance company that their premium went up to $60 a month, which happens. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they're still on the one, let's say still on one little medication that they're taking. So they're way overpaying, but they should be on an $11 or $7 Part D drug plan. 
but they're they never made a change in you know several years. So the insurance company keeps them on sort of a grandfathered Part D plan and raises their premium. So that's why it's important as well the monthly premium on Part D if they're on that standalone Part D as in drug plan. So let me see if I can get specific and throw out some examples for for our mm-hmm. listeners. Okay, I'm on. I've never enrolled in Medicare at the time. It's it's either three months before my 65th birthday or f- four five months after. Is that what it was? Um, it's when you first sign Medicare, turning 65. Let's say it's three months before the month of your birth month, and then three months after that you're allowed to enroll in Part B of Medicare. Be like boy, enroll in, in your Medicare Advantage plan, um, or you could choose Medigap, but you do have a longer enrollment period for Medigap. Um, that's one time frame, a person can enroll and you know start off because they're first starting off on Medicare. Or if someone decides at age you know 67, 68, 69, whatever age later on in life to retire, and prior to that they've been on group health insurance, and actually if they've been on group health insurance, they only needed Part A. They did not need to take out their Part B as in boy and pay that 164.90 or higher. All the you know if they're still working and offered group health insurance. And one other rule on that is if they're, they're working for a company that has more than 20 employees, they're allowed to delay their Part B. But that's another, that Part B, like boys, another trigger date. So it's not just when someone's turning 65. If, if they're turning 65, but yet they still want to continue working, they just need to have Part A as an Apple only because it's, it's A is automatic. You and it's get free. It simply, and it's free. You've already paid. It's not really free. You've already paid into it all the years that you worked. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, at 65, you do get it for free. But it only, again, pays 80%. So then when you go to retire, let's say a person's working, they're working for a big employer, they have employer-based health coverage, they can delay their Part B like boy until they are ready to retire. So that Part B like boy is a trigger date for them. It then, So they are allowed around that Part B like boy date three months prior and three months after that date to enroll in a Part D plan or Medicare Advantage plan or Medigap. And Medigap, again, has a little bit more of an extension of time to enroll without the medical underwriting questions. You have six months before and five months after your Part B effective date to enroll in a Medigap plan without any of the medical underwriting questions once you're past that time frame, as I said before, then you have to go through that health underwriting. Okay. So if you're if you're on Medicare now, mm-hmm. uh, if you're on Medicare Advantage now, or if you're on Medicare with a Medigap policy now, during mm-hmm. this period from October 15th to December 7th is a mm-hmm. time for you to make some changes. So you need to shop around. How do you do that? Yes. You can contact an agent. Um, my recommendation is, first of all, do not... <laughs> People get swarmed with phone calls during this time of year if you're a Medicare beneficiary. And there are call centers that are solely pushing Medicare Advantage plans because there's a lot of incentive for these call centers to push these plans. And so they'll call and, you know, Medicare beneficiary answers and they could get switched off original Medicare and go on to Medicare Advantage without really understanding what they did. Um, so they have to be very cautious about that. So the, the very important thing is to work with an independent broker who represents both Medicare Advantage plans and a big you know, amount of the care. We have to be appointed to many, I mean, 
you don't have to be. Choose an agent that is appointed to multiple insurance companies for Medicare Advantage. And you can just and, ask them that. Just say, are you an independent agent? Yes. Or, or right. broker? Are you, exactly. Are you an independent broker? Do you represent both Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement, also known as Medigap? So I should not change my health care based on what Joe Namath told me on a commercial. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> and that's why now 51% of our population is on Medicare Advantage. It's because of Joe. Yeah, and people <laughs> like him. People who used to be famous and now need a couple of nickels to rub together. So they're on TV telling yep. us to, to do this out of the other. So we should look for an independent agent. This is very, Captain Kirk, very good information. Right. Those guys are not agents. But yes, an independent broker, again, representing broker. both sides, yes. Medigap and Medicare Advantage, so that you have a really transparent understanding of how Medicare works. Cool. Well, we're going to send people to your business because you're going to give us a kickback. <laughs> I'm oh, wait. Allowed, I'm but... sorry. I meant to have my mic <laughs> muted when I said that. <laughs> JK. And actually, we are almost out of time. Actually, we're, we're over time. Um, do, do, do our 40-year-olds have anything that they want to ask before, <laughs> before we conclude this? I mean, <laughs> not really ask, but this has just been, this has been an education. Mm. <laughs> and, right? Like I've done, I know. I've like, I've written, I've written a little bit about like different plans and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. like, it's, it really like, you can get lost in the weeds pretty easily. Oh. Yeah. And Isn't it's it no, true? yeah. And it's no wonder that so many people um, are not, you know, don't have the plans that they need or mm. what works for them. And so this is just a really great warning for me. Uh so that in, I mean, in 20 years, I'm like, oh, no, do well, you don't understand, Miranda. I'm going to use all this money. OK, you're not going to have any left by the time you get to be <laughs> my age. Uh, hope, yeah, I mean, the, us baby boomers, yeah. we're taking it. We're, we're, we're leaving nothing on the field, baby. We're taking it all. Yeah. <laughs> the, the heart, you know, it. the hardest thing is when someone's on and, and every state is different. You know, Stacy, you're based in Florida. Am I allowed to say that? Of you're course. Based, Okay. You're based in Florida. Florida is the largest retirement state in the whole country. So we do have, especially South Florida, we have better Medicare Advantage plans than a lot of other parts of the country. Um, Parts of California have pretty good ones, meaning lower out-of-pockets, bigger networks. Um, The thing that really gets me, you know, these are $0 premium plans typically, so you're not paying an additional monthly premium to have a Medicare Advantage plan. But what really is difficult as an agent is the prior authorizations and understanding that if someone's going on on that, they may be denied or delayed care or treatment because a private insurance company, private for-profit publicly traded insurance company is making decisions about their health care. Well, that's a comforting thought to close on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's that's the rest of us out here. Yeah, (laughs) like that's the rest of us out here. Yeah, well, I'm under 65. I mean, I'm 53. So, I mean, you know, I'm not yet on. I, I just, I, you know, people ask me all the time, "What do you have your, you know, in laws on?" What my sister's 66 years old. What is she on? They're on original Medicare with a Medigap G, as in George, plan. Because I know if anything is required medically, they're going to get it approved because a federal Medicare, which started in 1965, the federal law is if your doctor deems it as medically necessary, Medicare, original Medicare has to pay it at 80%. And then the Medigap plan has to follow in line and pay the 20%. 
The other way, the Medicare Advantage way, is not the same world. It's 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 the corporate America world. You the, know, the where, one that I'm condemned to. You mean? Yeah, basically. Okay. You know, well, now, after two years, no. Once you're in remission for two years, then you could definitely during that October 15th through December 7th timeframe, put you know put the application through, and if it's something you know, very minor, but like, I mean, there's all different cancers out right, there. So, right. you know, if it's, if, I mean, I have breast cancer survivors that get through underwriting as long as they've been in remission over two years. Um, it, it, there's different parts of that application. Some conditions are two years, some go lifetime. If somebody's, you know, has unfortunately lupus or, you know, something, a long-term yeah. disease, then they're going to get denied coverage. But if they're, um, you know, something that they could like cancer where they can go into remission and, and be in a real stable condition for many years, then they will be they could be very likely to be approved by the carriers. And I hope I have the opportunity to check that out. Yeah. And, you know, we do we sort of as insurance agents, we talk to other insurance agents and we sort of figure out which carriers have the easier underwriting than others also. But yeah, well, cool. we, we really have to close. I do have one more really quick question, though, for you, Holly. Is it? In your private life, when you're like having cocktails and whatnot, is it hard for you not to say boy every time you use the word or the letter B or George yes. when you say G? I do that. It's just I'm always on the phone, right? So I have to make sure that they know what letter I'm saying. So I have to be A, Apple, B, boy, G, George. But right, when I'm having cocktails, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Cause Good, because if you are, I'm not going to have cocktails with you, Okay. <laughs> Because you can read, you know, you can read lips, you can see what what letter I'm saying. But I'm not drinking cocktails, as Aaron might know, but I will not talk about Medicare. It's the furthest thing from my mind. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, guys, we are out of time, folks. But, you know, we're never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And visit Holly at her website. That is Medigapcares.org. But she really wants you to watch her YouTube channel, The Medigap Show. Is that right, Holly? That's right, Medigap Show. Cool. That's and if you've got a question, YouTube. comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, please tell us about it. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one final thing, you already heard me say it once, I'll say it again. If you like us, subscribe to us. It takes you two seconds. We really appreciate it, though. Uh, I am Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Aaron Freeman. And thanks again for hanging out with us, Holly. We'll see you all next time. Next time.